Listening to sermons as we go about our days, driving around or doing our work, is a perfect reminder of our Lord's promises and of His mercies. This is the mission of Upper Room Media. To make the Word of God accessible to anybody and everybody. The Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit, one God, Amen. Happy and blessed beginning of the Advent fast. Today is the first first day of the fast of the Advent. The fast that the church puts or has put, has placed for us through which we are to prepare ourselves for the incarnation of our Lord, for the receiving of the world, the greatest gift that was ever gifted to this world, which is the incarnation of our Lord, God and Savior Jesus Christ, to save humanity. For the church, as you heard in the Synexarium, allows us to prepare 40 days before the feast of Nativity, the feast of the Incarnation. And in that preparation, we prepare ourselves spiritually. Many people look and see the fast and only focus on the food. We start planning what are we going to eat. Some of us have gone out and bought a lot of tuna and fish. And we become so focused and so um, engulfed with food rather than what it means to spiritually prepare ourselves. And the fast is about not just the fasting of the stomach, but it is also about a whole spiritual life. My prayer, my Bible, my matanias, my spiritual readings, my attendance of the Holy Liturgies. So you find on this first day of the fast, on this first Sunday of Advent fast, you find that church gives us an absolute gospel that teaches us of how to prepare ourselves. So we find our Lord says to us that there are two very important things. And the first is, there was an incident where our Lord was tested by some of the scribes, by one of the scribes, who came to our Lord and Savior and said to Him, what are the greatest commandments? At the time of Christ, the Pharisees and the scribes had put so many laws to the extent that, you know, one of the historians tells us that the Jews used to have 600, in excess of 613 different laws and commandments by the time of Christ. So when the scribe came and asked the Lord, he was trying to get from him which of these 600 commandments is important, which of them can we ignore? Which of them can I do without? For the Lord answered him and said something to him that really 
adds to what the gospel today is saying to us. Said to him, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your might, with all your soul, with all your strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. In these two commandments, the whole law exists. Two commandments, yes. What are these two commandments? It's to love God and to love my neighbor. My neighbor is to love everybody around me. In today's gospel, the Lord puts this in a different way. He says, whoever does not hate his father, his mother, his wife, his children, his brothers, and his sisters, and even his own life, cannot be my disciple. He, the Lord, is not saying to us to hate them. Is This is an opportunity for me to say to mom, you know what, mom, today I heard the gospel, and the gospel said, hate your mother. I must hate you if I'm going to uh, inherit the kingdom of heaven. Or dad, today's gospel said, I must hate you. Absolutely not. What the Lord was saying here, and as St. Augustine, actually, St. Cyril, sorry, explains to us, he says, Jesus is not saying that we cannot love our family, but we are not to love them more than we love him. This brings us back to that first commandment. And what is that commandment? It's to love God with all our hearts, with all our minds, with all our might, with all our strength, with all our soul, everything that I have needs to be dedicated to God. To the extent that God becomes first in my life. Many of us live life today and God is a nice to have. He's an add-on. He's not the center. I don't plan everything in my life around God. On the contrary, I plan everything and then I try and see if God fits in my plan. If I was to love God more than anything else, then God comes first in everything. There's a beautiful story that is always said to explain the significance of God. And the story is about a Christian scripture professor at university who wanted to teach the students how important it is to have love God in his day life. So he went and he bought some cups, he bought some water, and he poured some big rocks, some small pebbles, and some sand. One big rock, some smaller rocks, some pebbles, and some sand. And he said to the students, here, take these and make them all, everything fit in the cup. So everybody tried, you know, some put the water first, some put the sand first, some, but no one could make everything fit. And all of them found that hard to fit because there was this one big rock that every time they came to put, it just went over the cup. But the professor said to them, it is possible but the only way for it to be possible is if I put the big rock first. And then put the small rocks, shake the cup, and allow the rocks to uh, occupy the spaces around the big rock. Then bring the pebbles, put the pebbles in, shake again so the pebbles all go into the small spaces, 
around the big rock and the small rocks. Then you bring the sand and you put the sand in and you shake more and the sand takes all other empty spaces. Then you put the water. I said to them, that's exactly what our life looks like. The big rock that we always ignore is Christ. If He is not in our life first, then it's not going to fit. What are the smaller rocks? Our family. What are all the pebbles? Our friends. And the things that we like, whether it be TikTok or Instagram or games, PlayStation or soccer or basketball. They're all the little pebbles. The sand, everything else that we have to do in life, whether it be school, whether it be work, whether it be um, any university, all the other things that exist in our life that we have to do, shopping. And then after that, we place the water, anything else that is required. If we put them in this order, Christ becomes the center of our cup. He becomes the center of my heart. But if they get out of order where I place my family first, they come first. And in the case of those who are at school, I place my friends first because my friends, I know, your friends are more important than family. They're more important than mum and dad, more important than your brothers. If I place them first, and then I place all the things that I like, my Facebook, my Instagram, my PlayStation, my soccer, my basketball, my friends at university, my going out, whether it be the driving range or the movies. Or and then I come and try and place everything else. I'll find that there is no time for God. I'm unable to give Him that love that I can say, I love God with all my heart, with all my soul, and with all my strength. And this is why the Lord says to us, don't allow every, anything to stand in your path, in my relationship with you. And then he continues and he says to, him, to us, whoever does not bear his cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. This relationship of a cross, what is the cross? The cross is the fact that this world is not going to accept us as Christians. It's going to continue to persecute us. Your friends are not going to like you when you say to them, I'm sorry, I don't like swearing. Or I'm sorry, I don't like lying. Or I'm sorry, I don't like watching these things. Or I'm sorry, I don't like being involved in these activities because they don't suit me as a Christian. They will persecute you. And that's the cross that we have to carry. One of the church fathers says to us, don't allow the cross that you were supposed to carry, to carry you and drag you. Many of us are actually carried by the cross. We focus so much on what people are going to say and what people are going to think of us. And instead of carrying the cross, I become carried by the cross and I'm the one that's being dragged throughout this world. Unable to love Christ, unable to enjoy life, unable to see me for who I am, the son and daughter of God. God says to us, he who can't do that can't be my disciple. So what does this kind of life, O oh Lord, 
that requires me to love you with all my heart and to love my friends and my family as I love myself. What do I need to do? Christ in today's gospel gives us a really, really important parable. And that parable speaks to us about a person who wants to build a tower. And he gives us that example. He says to us, what happens if we plan to build the tower and we don't do any work? We don't sit and calculate the cost. We don't sit and plan whether we have enough to finish building this tower. The Lord in today's parable says to us, this man began to build and was not able to finish. Why was he not able to finish? Because he didn't plan. And the second parable he gives us is of a king that's going to war against another king. And doesn't sit and plan whether he is able to win that war with 10,000. In the first day of Advent, the church is saying to you, you also need to sit and plan. Those next 43 days are important. And yes, you are building a tower, and that tower is your spiritual life. Yes, you are going to a war, and that war is against Satan and his armies who don't want to see us living a good spiritual life. Don't want to see us repenting. Don't want to see us praying. Don't want to see us partaking of the body and the blood of Christ. And therefore, the church says to you, you need to sit and plan. Today is the day when you sit. How am I going to build the tower of my spiritual life? And how am I going to win this war against Satan? That requires a lot of spiritual work. This is where you sit with your confession father and you say to him, what is my spiritual role going to look like? How often do I need to pray my Akbaya? How much do I need to read every day in my Bible? How many spiritual books or spiritual sermons do I need to engage throughout my week? How many matanias now that we are fasting do I perform every day? How many liturgies am I going to come and partake? How much quiet time am I going to spend with God? How and what am I going to do in my service? Because all these aspects of your spiritual life, they all together are called the means of salvation. If you plan them, then God is going to be the center of your life. But if you don't plan them, and you plan everything, you plan what birthday party you're going to go to, you plan what you're going to do for your school holidays. You plan what you're going to do for Christmas. You plan what you're going to eat tomorrow and after tomorrow. And you forget about your spiritual life. There will be no space for God in your life. As we begin this Advent fast, we begin a journey towards making a relationship with God. Preparing my heart to receive Him.
He says to each of you today, I am coming, I'm going to incarnate and I need to find a manger to be born in. And each of us need to respond, Oh my Lord, I will prepare my heart as a manger for you. As you sit and plan what gifts you're going to get for your friends for Christmas, think of what gifts you're going to prepare for Christ. He does not seek cars, he does not seek toys, he does not seek playstations or basketballs. He seeks a heart that is spiritually built, ready to receive him. A heart that loves him with all his mind, with all his soul, with all his might, with all his strength. Glory be to God forever and ever. Amen. This talk was brought to you by Upper Room Media. We hope that this talk has, through the grace of God, touched your heart. And we pray that it will not only inform you, but will also transform you and your life with Christ.